Welcome to An Actor Despairs. I'm your host, Ryan Perez. Ladies and gentlemen, today on An Actor Despairs, we have Laura Haddock, and I am so excited for this episode. She's so funny and so sweet. You know her from Transformers, Downtown Abbey, White Lines, and so many other amazing projects. I'm really grateful that Laura came on and took time to give back. This was, we had so many laughs, and she's so illuminating about her career and all the work that she's done, and she's been doing such incredible work. Make sure you see her film, Downtown Abbey, now in theaters. It's incredible. Laura, I'm looking forward to seeing you on the stage soon. Thank you so much again for everything. Guys, I really hope you love this episode. Rate, review, and subscribe. Here it is. Laura Haddock, welcome to An Actor Despairs. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you? I'm, I'm doing great. I'm so excited to have you here. You're so incredible. Your career, it's, it's blossoming in such an amazing way, and you're, you're, you're you're going to be the biggest movie star in the world. I know it. And, but you, you, you have amazing, I mean, you're a character actor as well. Like you, you make such amazing choices, you know, even like, even something like kind of bright, like Downton Abbey. I thought what you did with that character was so fun. And and it was just like the, 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 the I, I hope we can talk spoilers, but the Cockney to the American and just like other things, like white lines and, I I'm just so excited for you because like you're you're taking off and it's it's amazing and it's great watching justice prevail. Oh, thank you so much. What a lovely thing to hear. Thank you so much for saying that. Yeah, I mean <laughs> I mean I I'm not going to lie, you know, the first thing I discovered you in was Transformers because my friend was one of the leads, Nicola, and uh oh. so, you know, I I discovered you then, but I've watched you with a watchful eye and I'm just so impressed with the work that you're doing and I see how hard you're grinding and oh. you're going to be like this time next year, I'm, I'm, I'm going to hit Ellie and she's going to be like, ah, oh, she's booked out for two years. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. That would be fun. Thank but, you so much. What a lovely thing. That, honestly, I, that, I really appreciate that. Thank you. No, I, I mean every word of it. I really do. But if it's okay with you to, to get to the ultimate work, let's start from the beginning. Where did you grow up? Um, in England, Hertfordshire. And and for so, the Americans, like, what is, is that North London? Uh, it's north of London. Okay, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, it, it is north of London, yeah. So it's with... London, but and a bit close, it's sort of an, hour, an hour's car journey into the city. Um, but, but I actually didn't venture into the city too much as a kid. We kind of went in once or twice a year and it was normally to see something on um, in the West End, a, a play or um, and then again at Christmas and we'd go and see a pantomime. I don't know if you guys have pantomimes um, over there. Do you have pantomimes? Wait, would that be like a Commedia dell'arte or? So a, a panto is something that they put on at Christmas. And it's kind of a big musical that's silly and has a narrative that perhaps follows, you know, like one of the, like a Disney movie or something like that. But it. it, it's people who, the cast are normally um, people who are in 
um, the public eye in some like love way. actually people or something like that. Or- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And then you go and it's silly. It's like, it's really, it's really interactive theater and it's really good for kids because it's, oh, there's wow. lots of big numbers, musical numbers, and they often have songs that, you know, and you recognize, um, and, and they give the kid, you know, they can invite children up onto the stage and you can do a challenge and get like a, you know, walk away with like a goodie bag and, um, I, it sounds like I'm coming for Christmas and I'm going to have to ask you what show should. to go. <laughs> if you've never seen a pantomime, you should come over and watch one because they're a real, it's a real, real experience. Wow. That's incredible. I, I have no idea about that. I feel like I, I need to brush up on my British cultural understandings of theater there, but uh, <laughs> that, that, that's amazing. What, what did your parents do then? Like how did this whole thing happen for you? Um, so my parents, when I was growing up, my mum was a teacher and my dad was a um, corporate financier. Okay. Um, later on in life, mum went into being a reflexologist. So um, stopped teaching and then retrained as a reflexologist. Um, and a brother and a sister uh, and, you know, quite a, I suppose, you know, quite a quiet countryside um upbringing that um that yeah it was just you know it was it was lovely it was really it was really lovely <laughs> I, I i only asked for context like are you are you the youngest or the firstborn firstborn wow okay so yeah. what was that like then being you know the first sibling and growing up there with your parents well, you probably get my brother and sister on the podcast and ask them <laughs> 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 because I think I think they would describe our childhood quite differently. I think I was kind of quite keen on, you know, putting on plays for mum and dad every weekend and making sure that everybody was involved. And we had this big, um, we had this big uh, box that was in our playroom that was just stuffed full of old hats and shoes and coats and dresses. I think my mum's wedding dress was in there at one point. Wow. And I would just dress us all up. Um, and then, you know, sort of direct and 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 starring <laughs> whatever the play was that we were putting on. And so my brother and sister would kind of walk out behind me slightly more reluctant. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I take it they're they're not in the business. <laughs> they're not, no. Oh, that's they're amazing. not. But but being the oldest, actually, yeah, you know what, you're right, because you as the oldest, you're sort of paving the way, aren't you? You're totally. you're the one who's begging to be allowed to go into the the city you know into the town that was near us and in your 15 and you're like oh my friends are doing it please let me go on the bus into town I'll be fine and I'll yeah. find a, I'll find a phone booth to call you when I get there and oh and phone booths I remember yeah, those days box. yeah yeah exactly always had to have change so you could make a phone box call to your mum and dad to let them know that you were in town safely <laughs> I, I, I'm curious because my mom was a teacher as well like did she or your father at all, did they have any interest in the arts? Like, how did this start to kind of surround it? You know, you mentioned doing plays. Like, where did that that impetus yeah. come from? Well, my mom was in a band called The Harvesters when she was younger. So she's a singer. Are they on Spotify? <laughs> I don't think so. Okay, I was going to say, we're going to get them some streams now. <laughs> I, could send, send you, I could probably send you an old LP. Yeah, please do. <laughs> Have your mom autograph it and I'll put it up here. <laughs> oh, she'd love that. Yeah, she'd love that. So she was in The Harvesters. So she was very musical, always singing, playing guitar. Um, and then dad really appreciates 
really appreciates music, arts, theatre. You know, we 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 were always encouraged to um, really appreciate film, television, theatre, music. So grew up in a very kind of noisy house, and it was always there was always music on in our house and there was always a film that we were sitting down and watching together and then kind of dissecting over dinner. So yeah, we did grow up in a, in, in a relatively creative household. I would say the drive in our house though was probably sport. <laughs> what, what was so, your sport? So I played lacrosse. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So I grew up playing lacrosse and loved it. Uh, really loved it played for the county and you know at one point was kind of training every day after school and then had a game of the weekend and so that was that was busy and then my brother um played rugby and he um Jack is legally um so he has less than 50% hearing in one of his ears so he me too I'm, oh. half, I'm half deaf, yeah. Oh, there you go. So yeah. then you're, le- you're legally um, obliged to qualify. You can qualify to play for England deaf or, you know, whatever the team is that's, that you want to play for. So if you have a superstar skill at some sport, then you can play for the deaf team. Wow. that's Yeah. And they had so, that yeah. at a young age? That's That sounds like something that would exist now, not back, you know, like in the 90s. Yeah, so yeah. Mom, mom noticed it when we were growing up. She sort of, you know... I guess being a teacher had um, perhaps more of an eye on uh, how to behavior really. And um, I think, you know, Jack struggled a little bit because um, in a classroom, if the teacher's back was to him and she was writing on the whiteboard or whatever, he wouldn't be able to hear her very clearly. So he would kind of go off into his imagination and switch off. And um, anyway, so this was brought up and then they discovered that, yes, he, he did have, um, partial hearing in one of his ears and then he went and did the grommets and the adenoids and had you know I think it's adenoids removed grommets put in and that first day that he clearly heard the world was really pretty amazing and and he heard an airplane going over him and he'd never heard an airplane in the sky before and he was like oh my god what is that and he sort of looked up into the sky and he was like, is that sound coming from the airplane? And mum said, yeah, it is. And so watch him, you know, he was older. So I think he was sort of eight, seven or eight, uh, maybe even older. And he'd heard an airplane for the first time going over, quite low, but going over. What a beautiful memory. That's amazing. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. He also um, said something else magic, which is which will always live with me. And the reason why I'm bringing it up is because my son said exactly the same thing to me today. And I was, I'm always blown away by this. So Jack asked my parents when he was younger, when did the world change to colour? And Pip, my son, was looking through something earlier and he was seeing, he was looking through an encyclopedia and he was seeing these black and white images. <laughs> and he asked, when did the world change to colour? Wow. And I was like, whoa, I just love this. Bottle that. That's beautiful. That's so funny because I watched Pleasant Bill the other night, if you've ever seen that movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just, it, it, I thought the same thing when I was young. But that's yeah. beautiful. Um, I'm curious then, you know, playing sports because I think there's, a conception and, and perhaps it's a misconception is just, you know, England and obviously Greece as well, being the birthplace of theater, you know, that everyone there has some kind of like adjacent theater community or, or something within, you know, arm's length. It, it was that at all true for you at a young age? Like, were you well, doing my these? School, my my school, sorry, I interrupted you. No, 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 no. Answer. Go away. 
Well, my school had an amazing drama department. So we were, I was really lucky in that respect that we were always putting on something. So rehearsing and then putting on a play, I think twice a year. And then, you know, the musical department, the music department was also really strong. So there was um, in-house music competitions and things like that within my school. Pantomimes. so there was there was a big creative outlet at at my school but not very many people went on to study it or chose it as their you know chose it to be something that they wanted to do in uh, you know in as a career um and I spoke to an amazing woman Helen Cannon who came into my school when I was in year 11 so Um, I would have been about 15 or 16 and she came into the school and she'd been to drama school and she'd been um, uh, an actress and then she'd chosen to come back to teaching and you know I think slowly but surely she started to make me realise that A this was a career a chosen career that you could earn money from it and B giving me all the information about how I go about that so you go and audition at drama schools and and try and get a place and if you get a place you're there and you study for three years and then hopefully at the end of it you'll get an agent so she was really kind of pivotal in my discovery of um this being something that would be able to keep a roof over my head essentially so yeah so then then I went off and sat with my mum at a computer for few hours and and wrote off to all these drama schools and then the um, radas the lambdas the bristol vic all those how how did that go for you the first time yeah yeah so i went and did some auditions and i think i was very young i think i was quite green and very young and quite naive um so the one that i the drama school that i ended up going to was kind of perfect because it had a lower school so um I think there were students there from sort of age 11 all the way through up to, to 18. And then it had the... Um, and then it The had adult the, section? The adult section. Yeah. So there was a really lovely kind of quite... Um, felt quite safe, cosy feeling in the school because there were children dancing and singing and then the adults who were kind of walking around with their Chekhov books and and learning about different practitioners and um so yeah I felt really really great there and um ended up going to um arts educational which was cool that's that's incredible and 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 what was that experience like because it sounds like you you had this kind of moment of realization at 16 yeah I was about 16 yeah and and in the UK you start drama school at 17 18 um so yes I'm quite young in the year because I'm end of August baby so I I was 17 when I left school and just 18 when I went to drama school so you you can go in at any any age any stage and I think one of the most unique things about drama school that that my own drama teacher Lisa Dyer Briggs said is like it's good for you to go be somewhere where you're not the best actor there you know and and I, I think like you know I I I got into it at like a young age, but I I took a break and I'm curious for you, you know, having discovered it then and then going to drama school, was that really overwhelming? Like doing, I I mean, I know you're British, but Elizabethan, iambic pentameter, Greek, and you know, all this like classical stage work. Was that? Yeah. I mean, we had a a classical theater studies teacher at St. George's at the school that I've been to. And he was, really keen on and also because 
when I chose to do theatre studies at um, A-levels, uh, it's not as practical as you think. So a lot of it is theory-based. Yeah. Um, so you really are sitting in a room discussing where it started and how it started and the history of this industry. Um, so, yeah, I kind of had that as a starter um, package and then went off to drama school and then you kind of put it on its feet and then oh, more practical 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 based um uh but still you know you come out with a degree so you're still having to do all the theory and all the um you know all the written work as well but uh, as you say kind of delving into um, on a much deeper scale looking at, the, at your practitioners and um it, yeah is it was this drum school located in london proper yeah exactly wow. so how did yeah. that how did that it was feel? A, yeah you're right it was overwhelming i remember like for years couldn't fall asleep yeah actually probably quite similar even now couldn't fall asleep at night without having um friends on the telly and no way. all the lights on <laughs> just all because the, because of all the noise and the in the... yeah so loud oh my wow. god it's so loud in london what um, what area were you in if you don't mind me asking i'm just curious. Around, uh, the west of london so, oh so it's yeah. Uh, yeah it's crazy wow yeah yeah and, but it was it was a real experience and you and you know i think quite quickly you find the people that you that you feel safe with and that you bond yeah. with and i met one of my best friends who's still my best friend to this day and we met the night before we started and he, yeah, he's remained my best mate for 20 Is he years. Still, still acting? He's, um, no, he's now working at Kew Gardens. He's like, he's working for some top, like, plant scientists. Oh, man. <laughs> so trying to keep that planet alive. He's buying, he's buying tickets for the theatre. Wow, that's amazing. And that's, yeah, exactly. I, I'm, I'm curious, you know, because I'm, I'm glad you touched on this. So much of drama school is the people that you end up studying with. And yeah. you, had, you had this pal, did you get along with everyone else? Like not only just moving into London, but you know, starting acting and beginning serious, there's just so many different things. At, at, you know, um, at, at 18, we feel so old, but we don't realize how young we are. No, there's a real combination of feeling like the wisest, most invincible baby. <laughs> Like whoa, hang on a minute. This is a lot. Like calling your mum on a set on a crying. That's amazing. <laughs> how do you roast a chicken, mum? Oh man, how I do still don't know it? how to iron. <laughs> like, exactly. Oh, yeah. ironing's gone. I don't yeah. care about that. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. ironing's got to be. That's just the last thing on my list. I don't know. That I can't remember the last time I picked up an iron. I, I, I buy spray called wrinkle release spray so I can perfect. Just, this yeah. is perfect. so much better, you know. But, yeah, uh, and way less dangerous. I feel yeah. like I'm like too dangerous for my liking. <laughs> totally. And I care about my shirts. That can't be good for shirts. But no, no, no. Uh, so yeah. talk to me about the program there. So are you every year doing like a classical and a contemporary piece, you know, each yeah. year? Exactly. Yeah. So you're looking at one classical, one contemporary, and then um, a musical. And and do do you sing? Um, I do sing. I, I don't know how. I don't know how. Pick I up that guitar. Play it too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how I'd fare on a on a in like a big kind of you know musical number. No, I don't think I. I that is a long time. I think it's twenty years ago. I was at drama school. Wow. Is it? 17, yeah, 20 years ago that I went, started. It's, it's 14 for me, so yeah, that's... It's, oh, it's my been, God. Yeah. yeah. 
I do sing um, a little bit. That's that's wonderful. And t- tell me, like, you know, I met most, you know, drama school programs in the UK are based on a showcase. Was this one building yeah. up to a showcase? Exactly. Yeah. Wow. So you spend your three years building up to that moment where you do your final piece and then a showcase and then agents come in and um, select. Wow. I, <laughs> I know. Selections. And you're just like crossing everything and running up to the board to see if you've got any little little um letters on the board to say you know you've got a meeting with so-and-so or this person is interested do you want to do this meeting yeah it's a lot it's so much you know i I, so we can get to the work i hate to you know make such an, an incredible experience so brief but tell me you know how did drama school go essentially for you you know like before the showcase did you feel happy with the work you were doing the teaching you were getting the friends and and so to speak connections you were making yeah it was perfect for me at the time it was just perfect I mean I really have such fond memories of that time you work really hard yeah um, which I was still up for right because I was you know I'd come straight out of school into drama school. So I was really in that rhythm of being in a schooling system. So I was quite, I was really happy to like go in and work really hard and come out at the end of the day. And then just have debauched weekends and kind of getting pissed in the student bar and thinking, oh, we go again. (laughs) Back in on Monday, we go again. Oh, yeah, I know. Um, But yeah, you know, I did some great, I I did some great plays. One that stands out was a D.H. Lawrence called The Widowing of Mrs. Holroyd. And I played Mrs. Holroyd. And it's funny to think back now. She's probably actually that my age now she's I'm 36 and she was probably not so far off this age but I was playing her when I was 20 you know just like <laughs> oh thinking thinking you're nailing it as well thinking yeah oh, I buy it I buy the, it <laughs> the youthful confidence man if we could just ex- yeah. access that at all times I know you're, you're yeah. actually an 85 year old and no one believes it but sure yeah sure <laughs> so how did the showcase go for you it was good you know very lucky I was very very lucky and I signed with an agent um and yeah was very lucky so I appreciate it was um it was uh with an agency called Conway Van Gelder and I was thrilled um and then came out of drama school and and actually that was a little bit strange because the first jobs that I was booking were tv TV and film jobs. So my training had been all on stage. So I had zero understanding really. Of oh, they don't, co- they didn't cover that at all in drama no, school? Wow. not really. A little bit. We had yeah. a, we had one sort of course on TV technique. Um, but obviously, as you know, you just learn on the field yeah. when you're doing TV and film. So yeah, that, that was a big, that, that felt like my, my first huge lesson in, in learning how to be on TV and screen um, on the job, which was a bit, <laughs> a bit like... Yeah, it's yeah. trial by fire, but you yeah. look at you, you, you rose to it, you know, that's in some way, you know, if you're lucky enough to get that and, and yeah. you've done an outstanding job, tell me... It's, you a di- know. it's a different language though, isn't it? You're kind of learning all the technical terms and like, you're learning who's, who's on set and who does yeah. what. What, what a two shot is like what coverage yeah. means exactly. yeah, wait, we don't film it at the same time you know yeah totally yeah, yeah exactly yeah. so there was a, it was a fast a fast learning curve and and I don't think I really settled into it for for years I don't think um yeah it took me a long time to feel comfortable with all the tech all the you know all the technical stuff on a set um 
And uh, I think the first, I did a long run, I did a big series, a big TV show, and I had um, a lot of really well-established actors in the UK in that TV show. And Is that I, the Da Vinci one? Or it- oh, it was actually something called Upstairs, Downstairs, but okay. Da Vinci okay. Demons, yes, that yeah. was a, one that I did quite quickly afterwards. And by the time I got into Da Vinci's, I felt like, okay, I, I understand I understand how this works. And, you know, I felt a lot more at home stepping onto a set. And- you know, as you were t- tackling these film and TV things, was were plays coming your way? Because I know if you're lucky enough to get them right away, you know, that's what you should take. Because I've had Jason Isaacs and, and other people on the show that are like, it took them, it took them longer to, to break into the film and TV world and, and they wish they would have embraced it sooner. So was, you know, because I know the Brits take the West End and theater, you know, and the National Theater so seriously. Was that, you know, were, were your, was that always an imperative to you to ultimately get there? Oh, yeah. Um, ultimately get where? To, to so, so on the stage. Sorry. Oh, yeah. I, I kind of hadn't really considered anything else if I'm honest it was just uh, it was just my main focus was to was to do theatre when I was at drama school and the tv and film thing that happened was quite surprising actually and um yeah it took me a took me a while to shake hands with it and really feel that same that's that you know just because the process is so different, the rehearsal is so different, pre-production on, on in theatre and TV and film is so different. So you need to show up on your first day of, especially in a TV show, show up on your first day really knowing what exactly what you're doing. There isn't the luxury of sitting in a room for four and a half, five weeks and really dissecting these characters and talking about, you know, all the ins and outs of how these people interact and in what your motive is and what your motivation, you know, none of that. You better show up and know your lines and do it in an interesting way. Um, but I think what drama school makes you do is be really thoughtful about, about character and really ask a lot of questions. And you can then dive into the stuff that we did, which is, you know, look at if I was an animal, what would I be? Or if I was, a, you know, a song, what would I be? And so there's all these things that we have in our back pockets, which you can or you, you do what you don't use. It, it depends on the role, I think. But I think I think actioning every line and, you know, just you, there's just a training there that's there and it's great. You, I mean, you didn't get it for free, but you've got it now in your in your toolbox of things that you can use if you want to. Um, and I dip in and out of the way that I prepare a character, you know, but I definitely love going. I definitely love kind of digging around, dig, digging around those things that I learned at drama school and using the things that are helpful and and as I said, that changes a lot. But yeah, there's little things that I always do and little things that I do sometimes. Interesting. Thank you for sharing. You know, I'm curious because I don't know if it's just an American phenomenon or if, if it exists in the UK, but did you use coaches at all? Um, you, I, yeah, you can. You can use yeah. coaches once you get into, yeah, if you come out of drama school and then you're being booked in in a certain role for a certain role in a certain job you can then have a coach to help you through um that particular job I've used a dialect coach a lot 
um, in my career because I seem to really love taking on different characters who have very different vocal qualities. Yeah, you're incredible at accents. I like. I'm I'm going to have to hire you to, to help me Cockney and British and RP. Uh-huh. I'm just like, man. If only, if only I could be as good as you. But can you do that thing where you can go from state to state in America? Have you seen that on YouTube and actually? Wait, no. Well, yeah, oh, you they, mean where all the filming locations are? With the, no, with the accent where you can start at the top and then you work. Oh. Have you seen those on YouTube? I, I haven't seen it, but now I'm embarrassed to admit that because I should be like, yeah, I've seen that many times. Well, um, it's fascinating. <laughs> they change their accent just slightly, you know, intonation slightly as they're working their way through America. You guys have got so many different accents over there. Well, I think it's so funny you say that because I feel like we have like – like Northern, like Ba, like Boston and like Southern and then like California, you know what I mean? <laughs> and then like Minnesota and that's it. And like when I've been in London, I've you gone got two- New York, New Jersey, you got London. True, true. But like when I go in London, I'll go two blocks and this guy I'm like, hello, how you doing? And then two more blocks. I might, you know, like, what is going on? Like four blocks. How does it change that much? <laughs> in London. Yeah, totally. It's, it's fascinating, isn't it? And then, and then if you've been up north in the UK as well, that's amazing to go from I know, the, Scotland. The, the, I, and, then, and there's like, aren't there like eight Scottish dialects, you know? Yeah, yeah, there's loads just within Scotland. And then you kind of pass through Manchester, Liverpool, Newcastle. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, uh, and I'm so curious because I, I, I'm sorry if we've been focusing on the you know beginning part, but you're an, it's so accomplished. And I'm curious at what point you built all these incredible you know British TV credits and did some what we call here procedurals, you know, like Ripper Street. At what point did your agent or was it you that were like, what about America? You know, when did that topic kind of come up? Oh, I've always been really 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 easy I've just had to let I've just I've just been how do I put it I guess I've just it's like a what will be will be right so I've never had like a hit list of things I've never been like right now I want to do this and now we have to aim for this and this has to be the next thing I haven't been that formulaic with my career at all you're, I've you're just better gone, off that way you know just gone on a feeling you know this might feel like something that we should explore. Let's do it. And if it works, it works. And if not, let's just, you know, settle back into where we were and then get ready to kind of explore that, that next motion. So it's just, it's just about moving. That's how I've done it. I've just kind of like, it's okay. You know, just a lot of belief and a lot of, um, you know, I remember once somebody saying to me, oh, comparison is a thief of joy. And I remember that right at the beginning yeah, of my career because so she true. said, there is just no point in ever comparing yourself to anybody else in this industry. There's loads of us doing it. And we're really such an oversaturated saturated industry. So love every job because you don't know what's going to happen. And she said, it's two things. Tomorrow, you might get a phone call and it might change your life for the better tomorrow you might get you might get no phone call and that might last four months so really enjoy the moment so that's kind of what I've tried I mean you know you can't do that all the time I've tried tried to do that so the America thing I guess was it Transformers yeah I guess it's Transformers and that was a really interesting call because I'd been pregnant with my son and I'd had him 
in the December. And then this meeting came up in the early parts of the next year. And I was still, you know. Did you have American rep at this point or no? Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. So we're still, you know, in very much in baby land. <laughs> But I went in for Transformers because it was fascinating to me. I was like, oh, this is so interesting. And I knew Michael was going to be there. And and anyway, I took Pitt with me because I was feeding him. So I took him and I was in the room with Michael and we did the meeting. And then we had this conversation afterwards. And, and he said, he said, are you strong enough to play this role? And I said, um, Yeah. And he said, I know you are because you've come in with a three-month-old. Wow. And, and if you weren't strong enough, you would never have come into this meeting. And so I, I know you're strong enough. And also you played lacrosse, so I know you're strong enough. In my head. You're a badass motherfucker. I was thinking, okay, so this whole role is about me being strong and I've got zero core muscles right now. Okay. <laughs> How do I, what, what's happening? And then, and then he said, yeah. Um, so I booked the gig and he reminded me a lot during filming, you know, you, you're so strong. You came in to see me and your, your kid was three months old. So he was, he was good to you. Yeah, yeah, he was really, really supportive of of me being um, female, new mother. Yeah. Um, there was a point when I think Pitt was on set, and the there had been a trailer mix up, and Michael was like, "Get her in mind, just put her in mind. She can have my trailer. The kid can go in there. He needs space. He needs." She needs that with him. And then, but then obviously high expectations in terms of what you're doing for him. So, you know, you are working every hour under the sun yeah. and you're, you're there at the drop of a hat. And that's the first time I think I've ever done a job where I felt like, right, for the nine, for the next nine months, every hour is available. Yeah. You know, that, that sort of feeling. And I had to really get my head around that just becoming a new mom and, you know, wanting to dedicate all my time and energy to this film as well. And that balance was like, okay, here we go. <laughs> you know, st strap the baby on and just go. And so, yeah, it was, it was a really interesting experience. And I think Michael and I found our rhythm through like just, you know, a mutual respect of just how much energy you need to make his films. Yeah. They are, yeah. I've, I've heard so many stories and, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm curious because like, obviously, you know, if you don't mind me saying so, you're, you're incredibly beautiful and you have this classic movie star, you know, like you could walk out of the 20s, 30s and be the star, it, just like in Downton Abbey, spoiler alert. And, you know, <laughs> being in this Michael Bay film where, you know, you're this is the first film without Megan Fox and, you know, having the kind of distribution that does, was that, was that overwhelming knowing like that this film is going to be so huge and, and just like being seen by millions upon millions. Cause those, those movies, they're so successful because it's just international blockbusters. Yeah. It's just unbelievable how huge they are. Yeah. I, I, I honestly have to tell you, I don't, I don't shake hands with, that kind of way of thinking. I don't Thank think you for about, saying that. I really don't. I don't think about how big the thing is. I just don't. I'm like, I'm, I guess, I guess my 
my whole thing that's the last thing I need to think about right so I just kind of let everybody else worry about that and I just worry about what I have to do and I find it a lot I just can remain much calmer if I just go small on it and just do the work and like think about the intricacies of the woman that I'm playing and you know that's that's where I'm in that's what I'm interested in and I don't read anything you know my guys know they 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 but Bob has always sent me everything because they're like, this is a really lovely one. I just don't read them. Yeah, ignorance I just, is. Yeah. I just don't. Yes, I totally believe that. Well, not in everything, but in this. Right, of course. Yeah. 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 I, I, trust me, I've looked at a YouTube comment and like for a week I was like, am I? Am, oh my God. You know what I mean? <laughs> I know. And it's just, you know, when it's, when it's. Oh. When it's. Cre- <laughs> I would you say, yeah, I, I I can, but it's beautiful. I love it. You know, you're a badass, oh, you're a badass mother, man. That's what you're okay. doing. Yeah. Okay. Let me check. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think it gets too confusing and you can muddy the water if you start to think about, yeah, those sorts of things. So I just keep it real small and just focus on the woman and the character. And do you feel like, you know, after that movie came out and, and I'm sure, you know, you tons of people discovered you that was when you and maybe you had it sooner but do you feel like that's when you had pun intended agency so to speak to choose what you wanted to do with with different roles and like pursue the things that interested you a little bit more agency but then I got pregnant again with my second so. <laughs> <laughs> I have so much respect for you and love I know so there's a real juggling act that has to happen being a woman who wants children and wants this career because it's oh my gosh it's it's a real balancing thing that has to happen and I think as I've got older I've just become more and more um clear on how much I love my job and how much I love being a mum and those two things it's so difficult to marry those two things up and you know every day it's like trying to find the way to balance that out um but I just take the pressure you know as much as I can I just take the pressure off it all as long as I'm having a night as long as everybody's happy and I'm having a nice time do you know what I mean? I'm not. I'm not particularly like <laughs> ravenous to be the best of the best. I'm just so fascinated and interested in living and existing yeah. with different women for the periods of time that I get to live with them. And I'm like, so I'm just super curious about about the intricacies of all the these different women that I've been able to play and fingers crossed hopefully all these women that I'll be able to play in the future oh it's it's coming that's so fulfilling to me and I don't yeah I just don't have you know it's it's never been about it's never been fame hungry I've never been like I want to be the best at that I just want to work really really hard and and really just you know, I can compare myself to, to myself and the people that I really respect and the performances that I think are phenomenal and just learn from that, you know. Yeah, otherwise it gets too busy and too you just get lost in it and then you forget why you loved it. And totally. Yeah. I, I, I have so much respect and, and, and gratitude and just and I'm impressed, like being able to bounce them up, you know, me doing this acting thing in the, in the pod and, and having a dog. I'm like, oh, my God, like yeah. having two kids, you know, I, yeah, it's all about that is off to you for being able to do that. 
and do amazing work, you know, like Luther. Like, I'm, I'm so curious to talk about that character. Like, that was so interesting, the work you did in that. Yeah, I loved that role. She was so multi-layered. And like, so, she, I mean, they, they could do a whole prequel or series on her. Yes, I agree. I would love that because I just got completely, like, swept up in her head. So, so interesting, so manipulative, so dark. And then, yeah, there was just, I loved playing that role, yeah. You were outstanding in that role. I mean, it's- uh, That show is amazing. For for those listening, it was was season four, right, that you're in? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. you're so good. And and did you know the show at that time? Because it obviously- Yeah, Yeah, I'd watched the show. So I was a fan of the show going in. So what was that like, you know, because like, it's. (laughs) I'll tell you what that was like. She seems so far from you, you know. like like, every woman I know calling me and saying, all of a sudden wanting to come and visit me on set. Oh, Oh, there's a guy you work with. I went went to spend a minute with a lot of male friends and colleagues. What do you want to do on set today? Yeah, do you want to just pop in? You're in London. Yeah. Is Idris in today? Yeah, yeah, he's in. <laughs> uh, Idris doesn't know sexuality, you know, men, women, non binary, trans, everyone loves them. Yeah, you know? totally, yeah. Totally. And, yeah. And, and, and doing that work and then having, you know, Transformers, did that at that point, do you feel like you started getting, and I'm not saying you didn't before, but like, deeper and darker materials that maybe- yes that's one thing that has happened as I've got older and that's and I'm loving this I'm loving this groove at the moment because the 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 yeah the parts that are coming in now that little bit older you know lived through some real big life experiences and um I, I'm just weightier there's more gravity there's just more grab there's a gravity there that I'm really enjoying um love you know, I I think yeah, I think I'm allowed to say this. I definitely think I've become a better actress since I've had my kids. I, I'm sure. I just ask more questions, right? I just think I'm more curious. I'm asking more questions. I also don't feel like I know all the answers. So it's just there's definitely something that's happened. I've grounded. I've grounded, which I needed to do because, as I said earlier, I think I was really green going in. It was pretty naive and just like was having a lovely time yeah. and you can't exist up there you just can't exist in this like floaty um bubble of just you know, go to los angeles because oh. lots of people are doing it i know what you mean it's not it's not it's not you know you can't maintain that if you want any no. degree of, of humility or self-awareness you know exactly it's too heady, it's too yeah. heady. And, then, and of course you want to hold on to a little bit of that because some really exciting things happen up here yeah. um especially when you know like preparing a, a part but I needed to be grounded and I think that really happened when I had my kids and I think that's really helped my work yeah really it's really helped my work um, also, my daughter is just so, is so amazing that a lot of the time since I've had her, a lot of the characters that I've played, I'm like, what did Margot do? <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And, and so, you know, something like White Lines, you know, like, was that interesting to you playing some, someone, you know, grieving and, and going through so much, you know, like you, you've done so much amazing television at, at that point in your career. What, you know, before we get to Downton, what was, you know, making you say yes? Um, always 
the feeling like I wanted to spend time with the woman that I was reading. Love that. Uh, like, like they capture, you were so good in that, you know, like oh, capture, I love too. But it, it's always like if I've read something and I'm still thinking about it, and I feel it's like I feel like I've met them. That's that's oh. Oh, I'm going a bit bit kind of like woo-woo, but it's always the ones that I really want to play and like what the ones the jobs I want are the ones where I feel like I've met the woman. And um, I want to call her or text her and be like, <laughs> "Can we carry on our chat?" It's like kind of that kind of that feeling, and I just can't let can't let her go. And I'm really curious to spend time with her. That's kind of how I feel about it. If that doesn't sound too no, no, it's it's spot on, and that's amazing. And you know, I mean, obviously in 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 the UK, you know, we have our fair share in America, but there's so many you know aristocratic British dramas, you know, and when something like downtown came your way, that's so huge and has existed for so long. Was that interesting to you to go explore this character? Yeah, for sure. I loved how layered Myrna was because so layered. She, she came, she comes in and she's bolshy and brash and she's rude. And I was like, why is she being so rude? What, what, what's going on with this woman as I was reading it? And then obviously when I got to the end, I was like, cause she's terrified of course, because she's terrified. That's why she's being so rude. So then that becomes really interesting to me because that terror exists from the moment that you meet her. Yeah. But the audience aren't necessarily allowed to see that yet. So it's yours. So you own that. And then, you know, you just bank all these things that you learn about a character and you can just like, you know, pepper them in in the beginning. And then by the end, the audience realise and understand the bigger picture of what you know the actions of the person why that person made them feel like that yeah. um so that was what I was really interested in that she was going through something um at the end of the 20s that a lot of actresses went through and it was terrifying can, can we talk about it or is that not uh, I because it's out now right yeah, yeah, I think yeah. I think okay, so yeah, she. Sure. So, at, I mean, it, it's literally history. So talkies were ending, and exactly, I'm yeah. sorry, no, the the the, 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 the silent films. Yes, the silent movies were ending, and talkies were becoming a thing, and that's something yeah. she grapples with. And you know, I'm curious how much of like what you did with the character was written on the page because she's really like. I don't want to say three different people, but three different versions, you know, of like. Yeah, because she, because she doesn't know who she is. She totally. doesn't know who. In, she imposter know who syndrome. Really. Back. She, that's what she had. That's yeah. exactly what I wrote. The first time I read the script on the front of my script, I just wrote imposter syndrome. <laughs> that's, it's exactly what I thought. And, um, and th- this, this transition into talkies was terrifying for her because she didn't have, you know, she was actively told in the movie don't speak like you know just we I hope Myrna didn't say too much did she or she didn't speak or and so she's hearing this all the time and but she's opinionated this girl is strong she's opinionated she's not afraid to speak yet when she does her voice isn't received well so she's learned that this is a negative thing and then all of a sudden when that comes into play as the most important thing she doesn't know what the hell to do with that because it's you know it's impossible so this this transition from silent film into into talkies it was bannered finding your voice yeah and i mean charlie chaplin couldn't make it right like in a really hard time 
Yeah. Really hard time. And, you know, a lot of these actors at the time weren't even English speaking. They were, you know, Eastern European or yeah. the, the, their, lang- their first language wasn't English. So they were not only learning. It was like pantomime, you know, they're, they're so, yeah. Like, ah, yeah. Uh, so silly. Yeah. It was, it was just such a, it was, and the transition happened overnight and it's impossible. That's like years of training. Yeah. It's a totally different skill. And they, they, they did that was career ending. Wow. And yeah. I'm curious, you know, with you you do three to four different accents in the film. Were those written in the script or was that you having fun with like your YouTube search and like, <laughs> I'm going to do that? <laughs> well, no, we, we knew that she was kind of from the east end of London. So we were, I worked with Daniel Lydon, who was my accent coach. And we- you nailed the cockney. I, I mean, it, it's so good. Well, yeah, I was, I'm interested in you in how you received that accent then, because you you really did you could place it in London, you know, and having not been from the UK, I was I was really interested how how that would be received outside of the UK. Oh, the, the sh- I, like I mean this in the most endearing way, you know, because it's like oh, everyone's doing British RP, and I'm like, okay, you know, classic, like I get it, and then the first time you speak. I died laughing. You know what I mean? Because like what little I know, of, I was like, oh, that's that's going to go interesting. And it played out. I, I, I honestly, like, I'm not going to lie. That was the first Downton Abbey thing I had seen. And I realized how funny it was. Like I was expecting something like dark and like, you know, deep, and it was, I had a great time watching it. Oh, good. Yeah, it's so yeah. funny. It it's was so like, funny. so you're so funny in that, you know, like basically, you know, obviously, pandemic happens and I don't know were you working on something before it happened or did it get- I had I'd done, I'd done a film over in Italy in the interim periods between the two lockdowns yeah so that was that film was very much in COVID you know like real COVID rules and regulations to make that movie um and then came back from that movie and then didn't work from the summer all the way through the autumn into the winter and then coming into the spring so I'd been in at home with the kids because they couldn't go to school. So like homeschooling and the house was basically just a school covered in post-it notes. It was just things stuck up on the wall everywhere for them to be able to keep up to date with all the work that was coming in from school. And, um, you know, just that was what we had to do. That's what we did. And it, it was, as everybody who did it knows, there was a thing, right? That was like a, oh my God. <laughs> actually don't have any sort of solid memory of it just a feeling it just feels mad that that actually happened but you know we all did it and then it was international women's day march the 8th my mate had just had her baby so she called up and she's like you know elliot's here and then dropped the children off at in queue and was walking back over the bridge sort of looking at other parents like yeah what are you doing now? Going back for a going back for mimosa. Yeah, I love mimosa. <laughs> Whilst taking everything down off the walls and washing and you know, just like resetting the house. Yeah. Um and I got a call from my agent just saying, oh, Simon Curtis wants to talk to you about doing Downton Abbey. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah, I'd absolutely love to talk to Simon about doing Downton Abbey. And I sort of stopped on the bridge and I, I was looking out of the bridge and I was like, 
oh my God, I haven't had, this is so important. I haven't had this feeling of getting a phone call from oh, my good. agent about yeah. a job for ages. And I just was so thrilled. I was like, yes, I'm free all day. Tell him to give me a call. <laughs> I'm so happy for you. You deserve it so much. Oh I, my God. I, I can't even, wow. That, I mean, I, there ha- even still, you know, like kind of being out of it, like there hasn't been, a lot of lightness. So that must have been so amazing and illuminating. It just oh. warm your heart to like, warm I'm gonna heart. I'm gonna do something fun, you know? Yes, I'm gonna do something fun. My friends are in it. They all love it. They all say how wonderful the show is. And you can see that from watching it and and then being in it, you know, in front in front of camera, behind camera, everyone's just great. And it's so such a lovely set to go and work on. Um and yeah, there was just no doubt. Maybe two years before that call would have come in and I would have been like, oh my God, I'm nervous to join yeah. a company like that, you know, and gone in really anxious and not ha- not felt that rush of just gratitude and joy and excitement when thinking about joining that cast at the time when I was called. And it was like, you know, kind of, it felt like, oh, this is a perfect combination of things. So, so yeah. <laughs> Back to what I said earlier, it was justice prevailing. And was it fun working with, with Dominic West, you know? Oh yeah. He, he, he and I had such a silly time. Trying yeah, it shows that you, can, you guys just have how to great. Be, yeah. <laughs> figure out how to be silent film stars. And, um, both of us yeah we just had a same time we we laughed a lot when we we sort of had Simon Curtis directing the main set and then we had Hugh Dancy directing The Gambler which was the film within the film our set and then we were trying to do this silent movie thing Michelle Dockery stood on one side of the set doing the voice me doing the mouthing and the movements and getting it so wrong. you didn't record the dialogue you guys literally did it like that we did a we did a bit of both. So okay, we, okay. Yeah, 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 we did a bit of both. But yeah, there was one day when it just got so silly. There were so many different people telling us what to do, and all of us just looked at each other like, "What the hell is going on? <laughs> this is mad." So it sounds like there was a, there was a lot of love and a lot of laughs on that project. Yeah, it's yeah. incredible. It makes me so happy and. Genuinely, really great experience. I, I, uh, I'm not, you know, I'm being totally honest. You know, I, I, I got to watch Downton now, but I didn't know what to expect. And I went into that just, I was like, I needed it. You know, similar to what you were saying. I was oh. heavy. It was like, this was fun. You know, I really, I, was, I just wasn't expecting it. I had a blast watching oh, that movie. Good. Yeah. It is still good. Yeah, yeah. it is and still good. I'm so proud of you. You're, you're doing so well. And like, you're, you're making amazing choices and you're, you're taking off. And I, I, I really want you to come back because I could talk so much longer and I don't want to take up your entire day. So I just wanted to kind of bring it to the final question so you can make sure everyone's okay outside and yeah. <laughs> go about your day. But um, final question is like actors are, you know, really confused going back to what we were saying about the pandemic being a dark time. And, and not just actors, like artists in general. It's it's a weird time to try to start your career. So if you had any advice to, you know, the young Laura or, or, or your buddy or, you know, anyone starting out now, what would you say? And I know that's a loaded question, but I'm, uh, it, it would yeah. really. I think from what I can tell and how, I, and how the industry is feeling right now, there's such a want and a desire for, content creative content it feels like 
it feels like there's a fire that's been put, you know, put up the industry's butthole and everybody's just gone, yeah, we want to make stuff. We want to make stuff, good stuff for people to watch and get lost in. So I think there's, I think there's a lot being made and there's an energy, energetically, it feels really exciting. Like there's, there's, there, there does feel like there's a lot being made. So if you, if, if like kids were coming out of drama school a couple of years ago, that would have felt just, I don't know, yeah. we've talked about it a lot, that would have just felt so terrifying. Hold on, because it feels like there is, it's, you know, it's more than opened up. It's it's really back on its legs and there is loads of stuff being made. Yeah, more, um, than, more than ever, honestly, you it know. It feels like yeah, that. I don't, yeah. I don't know if that's for real, but it feels like that from, you know, just like seeing how much is on the different streamers and, and films coming out and from behind the scenes seeing scripts come in it feels like there's stuff being made so the industry is getting back up and running and there is always room for you know amazing actors coming up and and um presenting themselves to the industry and doing their thing so just hold on tight and yeah. let's see it's i mean it's an oversaturated industry though which is yeah. Isn't it? But Which is, goes back to saying creating your own content, you know, you control your own content. That's yeah. a great piece of advice. I'm going to steal what you said and say, create <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. Thank you for sharing that. And yeah. um, I'm sorry, I know it's a heavy question, but um, yeah. I'm, I'm, no, no, it is a heavy question. And you don't want to act like the authority on that. Story. No, I, you know, I, I don't have the answer, but it's, it's, it does feel like there's that we're opening up wide for people to come in and, and for there is lots being made. So there's, there's a want and a desire for, for new actors coming in. And, and, and speaking of, of new content, what, if anything, can you say about your next project that'll be coming out? It's for Netflix. It stars Noah Centineo. Nice. <laughs> um, and it's kind of, you know, Oh, I watched the first two episodes. If I can describe it in like a feeling rather than go into the details of what it is, it's really fun. It's wow. really it's really fast. It's really heartfelt. There's a lot of drama and there's a darkness to it that's interesting enough to keep you really hooked. So yeah. You sold me. Great pitch. Yeah. You know, you you should be writing. You got a great log line, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, you have to like, you know, learn how to get around so I'm not allowed to say too much. I know. I'm so I know that was a tough question. You nailed it though. And and Laura Haddock, I'm I'm so grateful for you being here. It's meant so much, and I've had so much Thank fun you. talking with you. And you know, when when the next one comes out, please come back. I'd love to break it down with you. And yes. Thank you so much for having me. It it means everything. I'm like, I'm so impressed with the work that you're doing and, and you have such an amazing energy about you. It's going to carry you so far. It already has. And, and being a mom, you know, I, I, I just thank you for your service. You know, it's, oh, man. You're, you're, thank you're, you. you're an inspiration. You really are. And oh, it, it's I've I've had so this much fun. It's gonna carry me through for weeks. This oh, is lovely. No, I mean it, and and I'm really you know wishing that play happens. You know, I'll I'll tell you what, I'll write the inverse Pygmalion, and and we'll play the roles. <laughs> this is perfect. Yeah. Thank you so much. I'll give you a week. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> 130 pages. More haddock. Thank you so much. Thank you.
If you like the show, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening.